Welcome to Resilience Unraveled, a series of podcasts to help you build your resilience for a better life, both at home and at work. In fact, we're going to help you get your bounce back. There are lots of different subjects, people and tools and techniques across this series, so please feel free to subscribe. Information can be found at personalresilience.com and you can access other goodies and online courses and coaching as well as today's show notes. In the meantime, please enjoy today's podcast. So today I'm talking to two very intriguing characters, uh, Graham Arrowsmith and Kevin Appleby. And uh, they've got some really interesting ideas around planning and scheduling and focus and such like and have a... um, an approach to um, planning over a certain period of time. So welcome, gents. Um, let's discuss a little bit about yourselves individually, and then perhaps we can talk a little bit about um, what is it you do and how you do it. So why don't we say hi to Kevin first? Hello, Russell. Thank you very much for having us on the show today. So it's lovely to be chatting to a fellow Geordie this afternoon. So Indeed. Yeah, I'm Kevin Appleby. Um where do I come from? I'm a, I originally qualified way, way back many years ago as a chartered accountant, but over the years became a management consultant. So very much like Russell, I've got a strong consultancy working with consulting clients background, which has moved gradually into, into the coaching field and the training field as well. So the kind of things that I do is business coaching from a, a finance aspect as much as anything else. From a training aspect, I do training in management accounting, cost reduction, helping you understand the profitability of your business, lots of of stuff like that. So that's me. So so it's interesting, isn't it, um, Graham, here? We've got someone who's a Geordie, which is a very good thing, and is an accountant. (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I don't know how Kevin and I have, uh, I've put on a podcast for over a year um, because I've had to put up with his uh, incessant talking about Newcastle United. And um, but anyway, um, enough about football. No, no. But Kevin's a Kevin's the kind of opposite to me. It's a bit like the opposites attract. And as we record this, um, the president of um, America and uh, our prime minister are meeting, um, and um, um, presumably they're relatively opposite um, in many ways. Um, I'm slightly opposite. I, my background is is as a salesperson and um, and, and, a, and a marketer. Um, I always call myself a marketer first. I just happen to be a salesperson first. But actually, my my philosophy is marketing first, and sales is a subset of marketing. And um, and, and basically, I've had a, a series of roles in a number of large companies and some small um, and now I run my own marketing consultancy business and um, uh, and work with Kevin on this podcast which we'll go out talk a bit, a bit more about later. So that's great, thanks guys for the intro. Um, first of all, anybody who hasn't seen the Steve Bell um, cartoon in The Guardian today needs to rush out and get it before it disappears, which has a, a very interesting description of the, the special relationship between Theresa and Donald. I don't know if you've seen it yet. No, uh, not a Guardian reader, so you don't have to be. Just go onto Facebook; it's plastered everywhere. Oh, now, right. so um, people can't see us, but we're all three guys of a certain age, which is, um, which is, you know, in our, and let's say we're older than twenty-one, the three of us. Um, okay. And I'm guessing the pair of you have had your fair share of failures and challenges and trials that you've bounced back from in order to to be well, successful where you are today. 
Absolutely, absolutely, yes. I think it's it's those failures that are the things you learn from, and the things that you you come back from. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I I, I, I certainly remember the first first week of my training um, as a salesperson. I, I worked for a tobacco company back in in those days, um, um, British American Tobacco, and they had a, um, a well known training core uh, training sort of program for young graduates. And um, after the first week. Um, this sort of old wizened sales guy got in the car and basically it observed me over, um, well, I think about a day or so. It says, Graham, you're just not going to make it. There's a, there's a, I think there was a day left of, of, the, um, of the week and, and it was this, it might have been the Wednesday night or the Thursday night. He was saying, nah, nah, you're just not going to make it. And I was terribly upset. And the following day, I aced everything. It was just, it was one of those things that it was a bit like, you know, you're going to have to come back from this and actually show this person yes. um, just okay. exactly, um, uh, A, what you think of him, but B, uh, that you've got a heck of a lot more to, to give. But it was, it was, I don't know whether it was designed that way, whether it was designed to sort of, um, um, as part of the course, yes. uh, to kick somebody after after about the fourth day. It's probably quite a smart thing to do in some ways. Or maybe they, they do that with some people, but not with others. But yeah. um it certainly had the desired effect with me, and um, and you know for some time then I just sort of kicked on, and and before I left the company I was its top salesperson. So that's just another story. Mm. Yeah, I think if if I think down failures, I think the more interesting ones aren't necessarily where something has failed, but where you've been dealing with a a very difficult client, mm. where you think you've done a brilliant job, but. You perhaps never really properly asked them what the requirement was in the first place, and while you've produced something as brilliant, yeah. they wanted something else, and yeah. that's that's a strong point of learning. That well, I keep learning that repeatedly. Yeah. That ask them once, ask them twice, ask them a third time to confirm, and really, really make sure that all parties know what they signed up for. Yeah, yeah, it's important, isn't it? I think one of the things about resilience is this um, ability to constantly change and reinvent. And you both talked about having many different jobs and such like. So how did you get to this point of reinvention to be doing what you're doing now? Kevin, do you want to go first? Uh, for me, uh, the, the company that I was working for about five years ago took a huge, huge downturn. It was after the 2010 general election. It was a company that was heavily into outsourcing government, con uh, government work local authorities, huge contracts with the highways agency and so on. And overnight, uh, Labour went out, Coalition came in, and Coalition had to sort out the debt mess. Spending stopped. Uh, top line as a company fell away faster than we could take cost out of the, the bottom line. I started off in the transformation team, trying very quickly to, to sort things out. We do all sorts of things with back office shared services and knee-jerk cost reductions and so on. And eventually it got to the point that the, the next set of redundancies were actually the transformation team themselves. They couldn't yes. afford us anymore. Yeah. So I ended up after that out on my own. Yeah. And started working as an independent consultant. To start off with, I was purely as a contractor. Then started working as an associate with a, a much smaller niche firm of consultants. And gradually I've started doing my own thing in terms of consulting directly with clients and, and taking coaching clients. So it's been, from, from that point five years ago, it's been an evolution to where I am at the moment. And there's a lot of people who get to that certain stage in their lives and they, and they want to do something like a non-executive directorship or a, a coaching or a consulting thing. 
and um, you know your ability to learn from your failures, move forward, be comfortable with change, and consent, continuously learn seems to be an important thing. So, Graham, how, how do you keep your how do you keep yourself on sort of the edge of things, at the leading edge of what's happening, and stay fresh and you know vibrant and such like? I I think um, back in the day. Um, uh, the company that I mentioned uh, earlier with the tobacco company, I, I, that job was made redundant. And, uh, and some chaps came along um, from Lander Associates and, and um, um, they, they said, the one thing that I w we want to leave with you is, remember, it's your job that was made redundant, not you. Yeah. And, and, and that was really useful advice. It was it, the chap that said it, it, it obviously been, it had been about my age then. And um, he, he'd been around a little bit and he'd learned a few things and that stuck with me. But he also said something else which is going to be interesting and it proved to be quite uh, true. Yeah. He said, the chances are in your career, you're, you're probably going to have at least another five redundancies of your, of your roles. Right. Now, I think, I don't want to count them exactly, but it's pretty much accurate. Um, so, so in, in other words, I, I faced um, uh, that type of um, job trauma of having, you know, having a job and then being faced with having to find some other kind of practical thing to keep money coming in. And, you know, the, the, the last thing I want right now um, at my, my stage is a job. I want, I, I've created a business um, and that's the difference. Is I, I want to be, able to be able to sort of develop that business and that will keep me occupied. I'm, I'm not looking for a job. Yeah. And, and, you know, so from, from that point of view, I've tried to take myself out of that um, sort of Mindset. type. And, and I think it's, your point is, is absolutely right. Um, the, the, um, the, the issue is that you, most of your listeners, Russell, will be facing at some stage, whether they're young or mid-career or, or late-career, they, they will, they will far, find at some stage their job, their career, whatever it is, coming to a, a almost like a full stop at that time yeah. and you know I'm sure we've all faced it but basically at some of those times you know when I was facing that kind of a, a, a challenge I just invested in a new house my, my wife was you know uh, just just spent a fair bit of money on a, on, a, on a new kitchen I remember on one of them I was thinking yeah. I think we could have done with that just the bridges into the next next uh, period but thing is you just cope Yes. And then you, you know, and and then your role in that interim period um, is is often one of the most um, uh, difficult things that you can do. One of the, you finding another role is is quite a taxing thing. You, you there's a heck of a lot of things to get done. So yeah, I mean, there's 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 that natural sort of thing where you feel you know sad for yourself and you you've lost it and it must be all about you. It's not. Things are like that. It happens. Yeah. Businesses uh, expand, they contract. You, you know, your face might not always fit in any particular circumstance. So what? The world's a very big place, yeah. and you can move on. And so it's. I think resilience, and, and the point about resilience is, is that it, there's something that you've got inside of you, and at those moments, you better let it out. Because it'll help you. Mm. You know, those moments are when you really need your reservoirs of, of resilience because it can be stressful, no question. Yeah. Um, but it's, and, and it's a lot of negative stress because you're hurting yourself. Yeah. And, you know, you think others are, you know, are, you know hurting you in, as well. Yeah. No, it's not really like that. You're hurting yourself mostly. 
And I think for me, that's what that's what this resilience thing's about. It's about being able to, at those moments, and it's probably a good way of expressing this, Russell, but at those inflection points within your career, yeah. when things are going to take a different direction, that's when you need your reservoirs of yeah. resilience, resilience at their absolute peak. And what's interesting there, Graham, you talk about that, uh, it's almost like your expectations were managed. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, isn't it? Because there's a mm. lot of talk in the millennial world that actually life's going to be wonderful, it's always going to be great. And so people get quite surprised when it doesn't seem to work out like the fairy tale predicted. And people forget there's going to be bumps in the road and you've got to work hard at this. And, yeah, um, I'm actually picking up, Russell, that there's a lot of resentful millenniums out there. Really? Right? Resentful millennials out there that thought it was all going to be a wonderful ride and suddenly at the first uh, bump in the road they're pointing a finger and accusing the world of letting them down. Yes, it's true, isn't it? It's a great quote. Hey, the world doesn't owe you anything. It was around a long time before you were. Yes. (laughs) Maybe not for much longer though, (laughs) after today. No, it's, it's a really, it's a really good point, isn't it? So this and this, you know, you both talk with a sense of real pragmatism about the world, and that comes from the wisdom of having actually lived something and had knocks. And as you say, Grim, getting over yourself and getting on with it is important. You've got to weather that storm, haven't you? You've got to sometimes just do what's horrible because you have to get through it, and that's yeah. life, isn't it? Yeah. I, yeah. Sorry, Kerry. Sorry, Graham. Carry on. Well, all I would say is, is that. And it might, if I was a, a millennial listening to this, as in somebody of my children's age listening to this, then I might be thinking, yeah, but hold on a minute, you know, it, life was different in the, you know, this, in the 80s and the 90s and the noughties, etc. Life was different. It's, and for us, we have a different expectation and, the, you know, etc. One of one of the challenges at the moment in the world, in, and and the, the one thing about this this new president, and he does, and I was trying to I was trying to discuss this with a, a colleague who I work with earlier today, mm. not a long discussion in fairness, but basically it, it, I, I characterised it as almost like the contrast was being jacked up. So in other words, the blacks were blacker, the whites were whiter. Yeah. In other words, you you're almost being forced apart. You've been forced to almost take a view. Yeah. Not necessarily on, you're always on one side, you're always on the black rather than the white. You, you, you have to take a view. And this guy polarizes yes. uh, things. And I think he's in the middle of, whether you like what he does or not, is almost irrelevant. He's in the middle of a change in the way in which things are. Exactly. And he's doing it rapidly. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think that's what happens when, in a way, when you lose your job. Because basically things are, are, are almost like an Uber pay, a so fast pace yeah. that things are happening and you feel completely out of control that's it. For, for a tick. Yeah. And that's where your training and the resilience training that I know you offer, Russell, can kick in. Yeah. Because then there's the kind of the next step, which is, hell, I'm going to do something about this. Yeah. And, and, you know, and that's when you get busy. You, get, you, know, you have your plan in terms of, you know, there's, you know, job adverts and recruiters and networking and, and you know, all that, that kind of thing to yeah. sort of get a plan it so you get yourself back into a, into yeah. another role or another part of your career or whatever. I just think there's that polarisation thing is probably, it, it was probably, a, 
it, it's definitely been a feature of my of my time in in, in, in the in, in the career. So I've lost my lost my role, my job yeah. within some small companies as well as some big companies. But also, um, every single piece of adversity and change yeah. is um, only difficult if you see it as such. And I'm just thinking, Kevin, actually, in the whole world at the moment with Brexit and Trump and all that sort of stuff, there is as many opportunities as there are risks. And, yes. um, you know, I think that's something we have to, to, to hang on to, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's people absolutely. that do something that actually make things happen here. And that's why I'm interested in, you know, the thing that you're talking about, because that's about taking some quite sort of, you know, discrete concepts and making it come to life. Um, and so actually, I think it's really interesting when we're talking about change and we're talking about ambiguity to actually say, well, let's really discuss a tool that can make change happen and, you know, get what we want from our lives. So why don't you introduce us to your, to your concept? I don't know who wants to go first. Okay, well, Kevin. The, the concept that we've got, and we've... we've it's more than a concept, I have to say, isn't it? Sorry, Kevin, I misintroduced that. It's much more than a concept, isn't it? It's, something it's much more than a concept, yeah. yeah. It's, well, let's, let's just call it the next 100 days. Yeah. Okay? So, Graham and I run the next 100 days podcast, and this morning we, we published episode 54, so we've been going for just over a year. And what we've been talking about on the podcast is how you take something that's quite practical that you might want to do in your business and implement it yeah. in a, a way that you can actually make a difference in the next hundred days. Yeah. Okay. So the first point is it doesn't really matter what that is. And we've, we've been quite broad in terms of the subjects that we've had on the podcast. So this week's episode talked about recruitment and we started with the subject of, if you need to recruit a senior member to your small business, mm. what would you do in the next 100 days to make that happen? Yeah. And we got some really practical advice from a, a recruitment consultant. A couple of weeks ago, Russell, you were on the show yourself, and we were talking about how, if you wanted to increase your resilience, might you go about that in the next 100 days, and you shared the ropes model. Yeah. Graham, being from a, a sales and marketing background and really liking the stuff that uh, GKIC do, the yeah. Laser Kennedy in a circle, we've had quite a few guys that have been leading lights from GKIC on the show, guys like uh, Dave D and Kim Walsh Phillips. Yeah, and yeah. They've all shared some quite, quite, quite great stuff around marketing and various things you can do, yeah. again, in the next 100 days. Yeah. I'm coming from a finance background. So we right one one of the early shows we had a lady on that was talking about if cash is a problem in your business, here are the nine or ten things you might want to look at in the next hundred days right. to improve your cash flow. So so is it about saying that you only do one thing over a hundred days or that you do Tell me more about that, because yes. when you were describing yeah. it earlier we were chatting before that's, we started. Here. That's where this starts. So hundred days we're basically saying you should do five days planning, 90 days execution, and five days review. Right. Let's say we're starting something from scratch, and it kind of starts with the review in a way, because you start off by saying, where am I now? You're doing the review up front. Then you go on to work out, well, what do you need to do next? You plan, and then you execute for 90 days. Yeah. Maybe after you've done that first 100 days and you like the idea, you can get more into a cycle of 90 days, which is kind of do something every quarter. 
Right, we're saying 100 days because we're, we're kind of assuming that we're, we're jumping into something fresh and we've got to do the diagnosis bit of where you are now first. Okay. So what we say is, or one of my great philosophies in this is that you can go a millimeter or an inch in 100 directions, or you can go 100 miles in one direction. I see. Okay. And if you go and look at most businesses, most business owners, they'll, they'll have a whole raft of projects going on. There'll be three, four, five things that they're trying to do. Yeah. And at the same time, they're, they're, most small business owners are deeply involved in business as usual. Yeah. So you've always got this tension between working in my business and working on my business. Yeah. So what, what we're saying is, hang on a minute, you've got to treat the next 100 days as though it was a project. I see. A project has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Yeah. So we want to take one thing in a project and go execute it. So at the end of 100 days, we can see some results. Yeah. If you've got 10 projects going on, you're going to do a little bit on each of them. None of them are ever going to get to the end. Right. So, so the whole focus is about what what do I do in the next 100 days right. to make a difference to my business? But how do, how do the, I know I'm doing... Sorry, Graham, I was just going to ask, how do I know if I'm doing the right thing? How do you know you're doing the right thing? I, I think I, I can probably come in on that one because I, what I, I was going to make the point um, that the right thing to you is the right thing at that time because basically right. um, we, we're, we're, we're not all on the same page. You know, some of us have read a chapter or two, some of us haven't bought the book yet, some of us are on chapter one. The point is, um, we're, we're all on different pages and we all have different challenges in our businesses at any one time, unless there's some collective calamity that we have to, to address at, at the same time. But the yeah. point is, um, the, the, the advice from the, the guests that we have, um, it, what we're really trying to do is almost like, have, it's almost like um, here are some experts in lots of different areas and, you know, we're creating some content that people can actually address at the time they need it from those people who, who are known to have you know some strength in that area. So if you get to a point where you do need to hire a new person, then well there's something there's something there for you. So but Kevin's point I think is 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 that we don't expect people to be doing everything that we talk about all at the same time. Right. You know, the reality is People are probably going to be entertained by it. They'll it'll it'll probably jar their their their. I mean, there was some uh, on the the podcast that was released today. That from you know, it was quite formulaic in some some of the ways in which um, our guests sort of laid things out. But the 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 thing that struck me was some of the words of the description of some elements were unique. Right. I've never heard that kind of um, that spin on that description ever before. And it, I thought he made some fantastic points. And so it's that that's probably going to remain with you. It's that that the, the energy and the passion that people talk with, that's going to, it's going to stick with you. So it's almost like it's this research into the ways in which I cope when this thing comes along. Right. And so in a way, what we're doing within the 100 days is saying, hey, there's a group that, you know, you've got to get started on some of these things. So what do you do first, second, and third? Right. And you know, and this is this is that kind of first, second, and third in some of all of those areas like cash flow and recruitment and resilience and you know t uh, 
team building, all of that kind of stuff, marketing, what do you do? Yeah. And you know, and I think for me, what we're trying to do is bring bring about um, change um, in that way. And I think our market are, are generally speaking relatively small businesses, and who are like us in the sense that they kind of they probably spent some time in corporate. They 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 you know this is our, we're just part of their training environment. Yeah. And um, you know, hopefully, we're entertaining them, uh, entertaining them enough along the way. Well, perhaps Kevin doesn't do them with me. I mean, that's a, I'm going to put up with him every week. You will stop. You're off again. I know, married couple of you two. <laughs> Without any of the fringe right. benefits of the element. See, that, that all goes to add to the style of the, the the podcast. And the idea is, we don't want to be too just boring old farts sitting there. We we actually want to show a little bit of our own personalities. Yes, and, and, it's, and it's, it's, it, we are like a married couple in some ways, Russell, because I've only ever met him once, but we've only ever been out once in the last eighteen months. So I suppose, in a way, we are like an old married couple. We've only been out yeah, once yeah. in uh, eighteen months. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, it's been fair, It's twice. <laughs> well, that, that, no, no, no comment now. So, so you're saying you're saying mostly that the podcasts aimed at um, smaller business, would you say? But I mean, certainly, I heard a, an episode which sounded. You know, just really good practical advice that could be used for any size company. And I'm guessing, and yeah. some, of, some of that comes from the fact that you two guys know what you're talking about, and you can get the best out of the guests and illustrate things. And yeah. um, and I find that interesting because well, you both run your own businesses as well as the podcast, don't you? Yeah, I, I've always come to the, to the philosophy that my my business has come out of consulting with big corporates yeah. and saying, really, well, hang on. If we go on a consulting assignment, a change assignment with a big corporate, we do lots of good things. But hang on, all of this good stuff is equally applicable to the small business. Right. The only difference is Joe Blogs around the corner can't afford PwC or Deloitte or whoever to come up with a team of people for three months and do it for them. Yes. But they still need the same basic stuff. Yeah. They might need a spin on it that's much more applicable to them. Yeah. But let's face it, if, if you want to put a big change into an organisation that employs 20 people, you use much the same tactics yeah. as an organisation that employs 200 people. Yeah. So in a sense, the podcast... is scaling it down and making it more relevant. So in a sense, the podcast's acting as my sort of team of advisors. In a way, yes. I think so. I, I think so. I, I think that the big company, small company thing is that, is that I, I guess... We've all, I'm sure, we've all worked in, in, in large companies, and, and 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 there seems to be almost like um, a, a sort of a law, and, and and I don't know whose law it is, and I'm sure some bright spark somewhere has, has actually created it, but I've certainly heard it that the larger the company, the dumber they get, oh, yeah. because it's a sort of you know there's the you know certainly they become like super tankers, very difficult to turn around, you don't you're not responsive, you know you you have a committee for every damn thing, and you know and effectively. It's 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 almost like um, it's stultifying. Growth is rarely um, is rarely um, you know it rarely it it rarely keeps that kind of energy yeah, that the small business for a lot for you know well, you know small doesn't have to be very small no. but the, the but the real the real thing that excites me uh, about businesses growing yeah. is when they've completely outthought. And done something different to the market, and I was, I was listening to a Dan Kennedy, who, who's 
I love his stuff. I, I, I really do. Um, and he, he was talking about, you know, he said, you know, imagine being in the meeting when the guys at Starbucks decided, you know, to pitch their idea to investors. And they were completely going to change the world. Yeah. I mean, it, first of all, it starts off with, it's coffee. Yeah. We're going to sell coffee in a paper cup. Yes. Which isn't which is which which will burn your fingers. So we're going to have another little paper thing that goes round that paper cup, and we're going to sell it at eight bucks a, a cup or eight dollars a cup. And you know, and when 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 coffee was a fraction of that price, and you know, basically we're going to put pe- young kids behind the bar who are who are, who are slow, and basically the menu is you know. Just you need a degree to understand it. Everybody's going to take you know ten minutes to order. That's the kind of new coffee uh, shop that we're going to. Oh, by the way, there's going to be one. You walk out the door and there's one on on, on the other side of the road. Yeah. I, they're going to be everywhere. That's Starbucks. Now they completely changed the market. Yes. That and you know and there are other examples like Domino's and so forth. There are other examples in other other markets where they. Outthought the market. Yeah. Now, if they grow to a, a big size because of um, um, innovative business thinking, um, then brilliant. Then brilliant. It for me, it's the companies that that, that have grown uh, very, very large that that they ne- necessarily they need to have systems to keep costs down. But in some way, those systems. What's the right word? Where it kind of clogs up your blood. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yes. It's that's got a word. That's that word, isn't it? But Graham, you're talking about something that's really interesting here because you're talking about energy, dynamism, innovation, creativity. And yeah. Kevin, you're talking about 100 days, which is about stripping, in a sense, all of that away. And so there's a sort of a time and place for this, the energy and the creativity, and a time and place for focus and execution and hard work and discipline. And you're yeah, saying, and, and the, the, the two have got to go side by side. Yeah. Um, the I think probably a good good place to explain that is where do I step in sort of outside the podcast and say working with a coaching client and typically coaching client will come along and have the, the idea that says I want to scale this business I'm here at the moment there's there's me there's the wife there's a, a two or three of us we're doing this but we know that this could be so much bigger help how do I get there normal thing is well the normal thing on his mind is how do I get more sales or I've got this fantastic bunch of products that I want to bring to the market. Well, fine, okay. But I'll say, fine, next 100 days, what's the priority? And it's a point of starting to look at where the bottlenecks are in the business, where the constraints are. And you've got to say, we've got to start doing something about these things. Quite often, with a tiny business, the first thing you've got to start looking at is actually the business owner's time. Yes. And he's doing everything in his own business, but he's also the guy who's got all these creative ideas that Graham's talking about. So your, your 100-day project in the first instance may well be com- completely concentrated on that business owner and saying, how on earth do we free this guy's time up so he can actually add the value to the business that he's really going to be good at? Yes. I, I think this, the, one, the one challenge I would have for the next 100 days is, is, is that we have, to, we have to be brave enough to actually challenge its own logic and that's and it's not something that we've discussed here too 
But the more I think about it, the more I think that the logic of it is that it's it's um, helping incrementalism in a sense that it's helping people uh, improve a little bit. Uh, it's helping people get better, get more sales, get more get more um, you know get get systems that will will help your your cash flow, in, improve the the you know dare I say it, the level of resilience of your staff. And, you know, in a way, slight changes to improve things. And there's nothing much wrong with that, but it's, you might argue the Starbucks example is in a different, almost like in a different box. But you see, Graham, just to push you back on that then, because, um, sorry, we're three of us are enjoying yourself having a conversation now, listeners, so um, we'll get to the point in a minute. But surely what you're saying is, what what Kevin's saying is it doesn't matter what the starting point is, the, the key is to implement and execute it. So it can be a brilliant, new, fantastic idea, or it could be an incremental idea. The point is you've yep. got to execute on it. And that's the thing with resilience. We can talk about the dreams and the excitement and, you know, the wherewithal, but there comes a point where you have to do some work. Yeah, no, 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 I no, completely agree. And, and I, you know, and, and the, the fact is the likes of, of Starbucks and, and um, you know, the, you know, the, one of the most successful um, franchises in the world is McDonald's. Why do McDonald's consistently outperform Burger King? Because Burger King don't have systems. Yeah. You know, they, they've, you know, they've, you know, they're, 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 if you look around the Burger King um, uh, store and look around a McDonald's store, you'll see one that's completely systematized yeah. and one that isn't. Yeah. And you know, and that and that then begets um, differences of in, differences in performance. Yeah. So yeah, there there is there you know, big ideas come because you're you you've got clever systems. Yeah. But yeah, and you are abs- and the the logic of the of the show is is about implementing and getting getting started. Yeah. Because you know, and, and and not just getting started, but you know, okay, once you've got to this level, what do you do next? Yeah. It's that, yeah, difference, exactly. it's that difference between smart and dumb objectives, which I think you and I talked about, and one which is about implementing your dreams, and the other one which is about implementing your next goal. And I think that's the key. The matter, the key is to implement something. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah. That's right. You are implementing your dreams, a goal at a time. Yes. Yeah. And, um, I think, and I think that, you see, for someone like myself, I mean, and I suspect Grimm's the same here, I think we're, we're more, well, let, let me talk about myself. I suppose I'm slightly less organised than the norm and have a, more ideas than the norm. And so find the whole idea of this focus and this whole idea of, you know, excluding all the other brilliant things I could be doing today, I find that quite tricky to cope with because I'd rather be doing this, you know, looking at this shiny bauble over here than actually implementing the last shiny bauble I thought about seven and a half seconds ago. So, I mean, how, would, how Kevin, would you deal with, I'm going to, and I want to ask how you deal with it, um, um, <laughs> Great, but how would you deal with a, a business owner or someone who doesn't have that discipline? How, how would you help them? One of the one of the things you find with most entrepreneurs, Russell, I think, is that they've got uh, an attitude a bit like the one you've just described. They're full of ideas. They're they're generally quick implementers. What do you find with quick implementers is they very rarely put in the, put the systems in place behind them. Right. And I think a lot of what we're doing in the next hundred days is we're helping put the stuff in behind that quick implementation right. that makes the thing something more lasting. Right. So I'd be saying if I was if if you were my coaching client, Russell, I'd be saying, great, go off and have those ideas, but let's make sure that we we pick out the nuggets and we really actually make them happen, and we find some way of 
of putting those in place yeah. that doesn't necessarily involve you getting stuck into all of the nasty system stuff, which we know you hate. So, so Kevin, so what you're actually saying is, for someone like me, me, me a coach with your skill set is actually quite useful. Yes. Because it's that, it's that making sense of the... Because actually it's quite hard to find a coach that's useful. And sometimes you tend to find a coach that's a bit like yourself, don't you? And you end up having you know, a thousand million ideas instead of just a thousand. But what yes. you're sort of advocating that, that's here no is... you at all. Yeah. There will be certain points where that big brainstorm for the next idea is very useful. Yeah. But actually a, bit, a coach is much more useful to be the guy who puts the bits in place. Yeah or helps you put the bits in place that don't naturally fall in your skill set. And we mustn't, and we mustn't um, over-label or over-characterise you, because I know you're very creative and you're very organised, Graham. So, um, you know, we've oh, got to be careful I, as coaches. I'd support that. I mean, Kevin ran me this morning with a, with a, with a, a cracking idea, and, um, and basically, um, you know, it, it obviously... What, I think the point is, it, it probably it cogitated a bit yeah. And so it, it, you know, it allowed it to sort of ferment a bit. And so it, he's, he's got it to a place where he thinks, yep, yeah, I've thought it through. Yeah. Um, my, my natural style is uh, ready, fire, aim. It, it, it's very much, yeah, that's a really great idea. I'm going to do that. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, you know, and Sounds then the system that, and some of the things that follow. Yeah. But I've got to say, when I was in corporate, I was not that person. I would, I, I would you know, prevarication was my middle name uh, for a period um and and then um once i was i once i was sort of coached shall we say on that subject um i basically um i don't know some 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 switch flipped for me yeah and and that was i've got to say that my, my characterization in that kind of way was you know mid-management mid and in a very large organisation. Yeah. Um, but not, even so, I can point to point, points where there I did things that were a bit um, radical even at that point, but the, the, I did get this reputation of being you know, um, um, somebody who wants to review their uh, idea several times over. Later, in other companies, I almost freed myself, and I think there was a, a the, the, the point at which the, probably the, the change came was I studied for a master's and, and basically the, the, the large company, um, in this case it was Royal Mail, put me through an MBA and that point there, it, that seemed to change me and it was almost liberating. And anybody who uh, is a millennial now, I mean I was doing that when I was, I think, I don't know, probably I crept into my 30s, but basically, um, actually I was some way into my 30s and basically what I would say to anybody who's in their 20s now, etc., and they're, they're going through their first few jobs, you know, look for that opportunity for further education. Yeah. Because what I found with my, my teams that I had at that point is, you know what, Russell, they, when they were all on courses in some way or other, when they were learning things, not necessarily about the job, yeah. maybe about marketing or all kinds of different things, yeah. they were supremely creative and, and better at their jobs yeah motivated well motivated yeah and and it, it was sort of it, it was almost like it was almost like a switch as soon as they got into that the, the kind of the the, the the further education you know it could have been almost anything yeah. generally speaking they were reasonably linked to the otherwise you would have got funding you know they were reasonably linked to the roles that they had or wanted yeah. and effectively it just transformed people and there was a there was a moment, a couple, two, three years of 
in, in whilst I was working within Royal Mail, I had a team that was awesome, absolutely awesome, because they were so so motivated. Yeah. And I think that and that was that was coming in part, I think, from education. So I mean, you know, you and I can talk about passion for learning forever. And I think passion for learning and resilience goes absolutely hand in hand. And whether that learning comes from training courses, whether it comes from formalized learning like masters, or actually from your podcast with really useful hints and tips and such like, learning is learning and it just does you good every single day. So if people want to get a hold of you two guys or talk to you or contact you or get to listen to the podcast, what's the best way what's the best way to access you two? Okay. Well the podcast, the podcast website is www.thenexthundreddays.org. But we're also on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and anywhere else that I've probably forgotten that I managed to get the show listed. Yeah. Um so that's that's one way in. We've also got a Facebook group behind the show, which is called The Next 100 Days. And the dog's just walked into the room, so you can tell we're live recording this. <laughs> so you can come and join the Facebook group and talk to Graham and I. Um, if so just say, just say that Facebook um, group again. It's yeah. just called The Next 100 Days. Right, great, yeah. yeah. If you want to talk to me, um, my website is www.applebyconsulting.co.uk. And on the front page there, you can sign up for a 30-minute free consultation, or you can go and take my business health check, which actually is a diagnostic that I use with clients to work out where the big issues are and start focusing in on what is that one important thing that we ought to be thinking about doing in the next 100 days. Brilliant. So, and Graham? Um, well, um you would come to me because uh, you you were facing a marketing challenge. You were facing a, a challenge which might mean I want more customers, and and I help people generally speaking at two ends. If if you imagine marketing is about before you get a customer, and the middle bit about serving that customer, and then the the after bit is effectively you've got that customer and you want want them to ascend and uh, tell their friends, refer you, then I can help you generally speaking in, at the beginning and at the end. So um, that's that's where my, my, my strengths are. And you'd find me at www.finelyfettled. That's F-I-N-E-L-Y-F-E-T-T-L-E-D.co.uk. Fantastic. Well, I mean, I've really enjoyed today. I mean, we talked about learning, talked about change. We've talked about resilience, talked about expectations. We talked about grafting. We talked about dreams. We've talked about, you know, really interesting and useful things. And uh, so, guys, thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. And I think people listening in can take um, a load of interesting thoughts from people who have got the wisdom and had some of our corners knocked off because we've we've been through quite a lot of change ourselves. So thank you both very much. I can heartily recommend the podcast because I've listened to a number of episodes and found them both interesting and actually really, really useful. And I've signed up for other things for, as a result of your podcast. So thank you very much for that. And um, thanks very much, guys, and uh, hopefully we'll be in touch very soon. I'd love to maybe do we maybe a catch-up on this later on, maybe, maybe later good. on this year. Oh, thank you then. very much for putting up with this grumpy old couple, Russell. No worries. Yeah. See he you soon. speak for himself. Thanks, Russell. You're both off again. <laughs> Take care. Thanks for listening today. I hope you found some value. Um, there are lots of other podcasts in this series, lots of different speakers, tools and techniques and subjects. So please subscribe and see what else might be helpful for you. 
Um, it would be smashing if you could pop across to iTunes and drop us a review. As I said earlier, we've got tons of information on our sites, lots of free goodies, ebooks, webinars, and such like, uh, as well as some uh, online courses and specific coaching, sometimes from some of the speakers you've heard on these podcasts. So hope to uh, have your company again on the next edition of Resilience Unraveled. Bye now.